You know what, Jamie? Let's pop off right now. We gotta get started. We gotta go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get the people in the chat. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hit and Hustle from IrishSportsDaily.com. I am your host, Greg Flamong, and with me, as always, is Jamie Uyama, Mr. Jamie University. It is Mailbag Tuesday, and it is a mega mailbag. People are fired up, Jamie. There must be a big game coming up this weekend. I, uh, I've heard. Are fired up. Tons of questions, tons of questions. This is going to be a long one. Strap in. Xander makes his triumphant return to the, to the pod, to the show. Uh, he wants to ban anyone who sells their tickets to an OSU fan. So Xander's handing out bans. That's uh, fair. Right as the show starts. <laughs> I, I, I can't hate on that. I think that's, I think that's correct. So uh, thank you to Xander for, for being back. It's been a little bit. Um, maybe the deuce night, maybe the deuce night news got him out of his, uh, out of his hibernation slumber there. Uh, so it's good to see him. Here, that's very exciting news for Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman landing Deuce Knight, a uh, major, major athlete. What an incredible athlete! Uh, you know, obviously there's there's work to do as a quarterback, but athletically wise, this is he is a, a freak, extremely, extremely exciting prospect there. So, um, thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, if this is your first time catching us, please hit the like button, please hit subscribe, and please hit the notification bell so you know when it is we are going live. Links. To the podcast are in the description below. If uh, if you like the show so much, you want to listen to it there, or if uh, if there's something you wanted to catch up on, you can catch us there as well. And before we get going, Jamie, uh, Notre Dame is wearing green, and uh, and you know there's 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 lots of green going around. Maybe 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 even people wearing their jackets that are green, um, that are that you know that that are that are very nice, and people should check them out. And something that you should check out is esqclothing.com. And if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe, ESQ has created the world's first bamboo dress shirt crafted from high-quality bamboo fabric. It's the softest and most comfortable shirt you'll ever put on. It's not only more sustainable than cotton, but also feels cooler, has stretch, is odor wrinkle and wrinkle-resistant, even machine washable. You've seen ESQ's one-piece collar bamboo dress shirt, and it's the perfect shirt for today's business meeting or heading for a night out. Use ISD15 and get 15% off all online items. That's ISD15 for 15% off. All right, Jamie. Uh, big, big, uh, big day. Uh, PQ, PQ, what it do? Uh, eating a delicious breakfast burrito, hanging out with Jamie and Greg. Need Saturday to come ASAP. Go Irish. You know, Jamie, I wasn't. I, it, it, you know, it, it, over the weekend, it was kind of business as usual as far as the shows and prep and everything. And and uh, yesterday, I was listening to Marcus Freeman's presser. And then I was listening to you and Mike on Power Hour. And I thought it, it, it. I just got that feeling. I got that that big game feeling, Jamie. Um, where where are you at? Where are your emotions right now? Tell me about your emotions. Uh, I mean, I've been. Uh, I have had that big game feeling since last week. I mean, they. Uh, I mean, Notre Dame wasn't supposed to overlook uh, Central Michigan, but I mean, I mean, I did my job for Central Michigan, but I, I yeah. was. I've been prepping for Ohio state for a long time. Uh, so, I mean, I think this is, 
this is kind of uh, I always think of whenever I think of any kind of like this is the big moment, the big games for uh, for Notre Dame. I, I always think of that uh, old NFL films clip with Bill Parcells, you know, mm-hmm. where he's like, this is where he lift all them weights. I'm like, this is why you lift all them weights. You they do all of this stuff is for games like this. Right. Like yeah. these games, they, you know, not to steal the SEC thing. They mean more. They mean more than every other game. It's it it's one of those things where it's obvious too. like it means more to the players. It means more to the coaches. It means more to the fans. Um, everyone like I mean, Ohio State wasn't shy about it. They are right after their, you know, they kicked the snot out of uh, Western Kentucky. They uh, were being like, OK, well, now we know next week is like we're going to Notre Dame. This is why you come to Ohio State to play games at like Notre Dame. Like it's the same thing. Everybody yeah. knows these are what you no one no one goes to Ohio State or no one goes to Notre Dame to go, you know, to play Western Kentucky or Central Michigan. you play to go play Notre Dame or Ohio State. Yeah. That's what you want. Yeah. And to that end, you know, you mentioned the work you've been putting in on Ohio State. Uh, your scouting report uh, went out today, and I was giving it the once over. It's a tremendous document. Good job by you on that. And for people listening, I have linked the uh, the scouting report in the description below of this. So uh, go to the description on YouTube if you're listening, and uh, and click on it and read it. It's a free article, right? I checked with Jamie beforehand. It's free for everyone. And like if you want to learn about the Ohio State football team and what they've done. And you know all the background and the content, everything. Check out Jamie's uh, scouting report on that. It's really good, really good information. Um, it's uh, it's it's good stuff. So um, oh, TD TDDP five seventy four. Uh, thank you for the super chat. Uh, would running diamond formation be beneficial? Maybe confused OSU defense. What do you think, Jamie? Diamond formation. I mean, have they been working on it for a long time? It's, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, I don't think it's like one of those things where, um, man, you know, you're just waiting to break uh, that specific formation out. But yeah. Um, so I guess I would turn it into you want to whatever you have stuff saved up for this week and for formation wise, play wise. And, yeah, you bring you bring out the extra uh, for this week, and um, like Xander says, uh, Notre Dame doesn't need gimmicks. It's yeah, it's not about gimmicks, right? It's about like what we've kind of always talked about. It's the wrinkles, right? So it's just those little things. Where it's like they never see, they never saw this formation before, right? So yeah. we're just doing it. It's the same personnel, but we're just and we're tweaking the formation just a little bit. So maybe it looks like they're running counter here, but they're not, right? Like it's like Notre Dame has been running that counter with the tight slot all year. Well, now they run that counter misdirection that they've mm-hmm. they've ran before. Like stuff like that, right? Where it's like um, you know, you're just working off it, like, okay, so you had that success running uh, you know, the spider two wide banana, right? Le- leaking out the the fullback mm-hmm. against NC State. Well, guess what? I you want to bet that uh, Ohio State's repping that in practice a million times this week? Yeah, they are. Well, what are you going to do to counter off that? Right, like yeah. that's that's what it's about. And and a, a good example of that is Clemson last year, 
where Notre Dame's running their plays, but they they would flip formation or they they would line up a they would go uh, unbalanced in one, and so it messes up the alignment of the defense, creates leverage for you, and then that's how you create an advantage there. Is that a gimmick? No, you're just it's the same play. So the plays you've been working on are all the same. You're still running the same stuff, but it's out of a different formation. It's out of a look that they haven't seen yet, right? That's what Navy does to Notre Dame every year. You know, there's always something that's different. And so that's what Notre Dame can do. Have, it's not so much that you've been holding it back. It's just it's specific to um, what Ohio State does. So um, good question. Like it led to uh, yeah. a different kind of, um, you know, discussion there. Uh, Tyler Borgman says, uh, I feel like there has been a ton held back defensively from a blitz standpoint. We haven't uh, sh- had to show yet. Mike mentioned things on Power Hour that a lot of things showed up in camp hasn't been there. I think that was actually your point, Jamie, if I remember I was, was listening to the show. Yeah. yeah. So it was Jamie's point. Um, and it's kind of the same thing, right? You've got things built in that are for specific to opponent. And, um, and this is when you bring them out, right? This is why you work on those things. Um, all right. So let's get to the questions here and uh, we'll get going. Lots, lots to talk about. All right. The first question from JM, how big of an upgrade did we make in trading Tommy Reese for coach Gino would greatly appreciate any of your observations or speculation on his coaching style or presence on the recruiting trail. And we're going to have, um, there's a question about this uh, later that is kind of an offshoot on this question. It's, it's about um, the advantage of having a dedicated uh, quarterback coach that isn't the OC. So Gino Gadulli is just working with quarterbacks and how that's beneficial. Um, so what do you think about uh, Gino Gadulli and the job he's done? Um, have you heard anything about his coaching style or, or your observations on his coaching style and on the recruiting trail? I mean, I think he's done a really good job. Um, I, I think one of the things is like everybody wants to dunk on Tommy Reese. I get it. I mean, it's time. And, and no worries, Tyler. You're good for, for that. We were both talking about it, so it's, yeah. it's not a big deal. But um, the So people want to dunk on Reese, but it's like they want to casually ignore that, oh, he landed CJ Carr and he landed Sam Hartman. So it's like, okay, you know, he's – he did a pretty good job of that, right? I mean, you can say some of the other stuff about what he's done. That's fine. Um, but I definitely think, like, having someone who's not um, – he, he's able to work with – develop all the guys more, um, you know, because he doesn't have to focus always on the big picture. It's like mm-hmm. So he's not, like, yelling at a tight end to be like, no, you're supposed to run that at, like, 12 yards or whatever, right? Like – these other little details where he doesn't have to worry about that. He's only worrying about the quarterback. Yeah. Um, it's like how at in, in the NFL, you have an offensive coordinator, but you also have a quarterback coach, right? Like it's, there really should be, um, you know, like kind of like how Notre Dame has it on defense where Al Golden is technically the linebackers coach, but he's not, he's just yeah. the defensive coordinator. And that's why, um, uh, you know, they've they've had they brought in somebody to coach linebackers specifically because of that. Right. So um, I so I, I think it is uh, beneficial. I think he's done a good job. Obviously, look at look at how good Hartman has. And that was a transition. Right. Mm-hmm. And we've yeah, seen sure. that, especially from the spring to now him improve in all these other little areas where um, that 
you know, were different from what he was doing at Wake Forest. Right. And um, I, I, don't, I don't know, like, I, I think, and, and obviously he, he landed Deuce Knight. So that's a, a pretty good job. And Works. I think, yeah. And I think his development of Desmond Ritter, that is something that's the beneficial to them landing Deuce, Deuce Knight. Right. Too. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, I think he's done a really good job. I think, Tommy Reese did a better job than people probably give him credit for because you got to remember, no one was like Ian book, man, this guy's a five-star ended up being a pretty good quarterback, mm -hmm. you know? And I, I think, I think Ian book like kind of reached his ceiling as a player. And that's kind of what you're supposed to do as a coach. Right. So um, I mean, I think you can get on him for, you know, maybe missed out evaluations. And I think some of that's fair, uh, but you know, I, I think it's, probably focus too much on dunking on Rees and uh, um, just, like just focus on the job that Gino's doing, which is a yeah. really good job. Yeah. Uh, the Ian book piece, I mean, whenever he, when he signed with Notre Dame, I mean, if you just said, what is the upper, upper ceiling of what he can be? I'll bet you no one even said he would be like what he turned out. I mean, especially with the wins, you know, I mean, he led him to two, two playoff berths. I don't think anyone would have predicted that. So that, that's a good job there. I, my biggest criticism of Reese is that he, he couldn't get his quarterbacks, and I've said this before, he couldn't get his quarterbacks to, to see the game the way that he did. He couldn't get them to see what he saw out there. And that's his responsibility. You know, I, I think he has good ideas. I think he has, uh, like, look, the, the Clemson. I mean, look at what he did last year with Drew Pine and Tyler Buckner. Yeah. Those guys were a combined 10 for 27 uh, last week for, I think, less than 100 yards. Yeah. And, like, six turnovers. Like, and they went nine and four with that. Like, that's that's really good. Like, you know, like, that's a good to be, job. To be fair, Buckner did – did do that with Reese. He did, but no, what I'm saying, like, but they yeah, went, but yes, they went, yeah, like, they went nine one. and four. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, look at what he, like, they beat Clemson in a game where they couldn't throw the ball, right? Now, th like, there's the other side of that. It's like, well, you're responsible for that room. He's responsible for those guys. Um, so there's that piece. Um, so I don't want to get on too much on Reese. I mean, he did some good things, and there are some things that left everyone wanting, right? Maybe even him. Um, you look, but you look at Sam Hartman, right? Like getting him ready to, uh, play under center, play with his back to the defense, right? Like turning his back. Like when has he, when at Wake Forest, did he ever turn his back to the defense? Like almost never, if at all. So got to get him there. Uh, he's, he knows where to go with the ball, right? He's making the proper read. He's always looking, um, he's always looking where he's supposed to. So like, it all looks very crisp for him. And that's, I think that's due to coaching. So look, and, and like you said, landed Deuce Knight, and that's that's a really good job by him. So um, yeah, stock up on Gino Gadulli right now. Um, next question, XRND uh, 1994. Who do you think is about to break out soon that is not quite taking the next step? I thought about this um, when I saw it. And yeah. obviously there's been a lot of guys who have had kind of like breakout weeks in terms of like, they've had a big week. I mean, obviously when you're four and oh, and you're doing really well. And um, like, so Tobias Merriweather didn't have like, a, hasn't had monster games, but he's mm -hmm. made those plays. 
right? That that yeah. we've kind of said that he needs to make, right? So, and I think with what CFB Hurt says, uh, you know, about hopefully Riley Mills, like, it's not about even predicting that. It's about like, I don't know who it is, but this week is would be a big week for would be nice. <laughs> Riley Mills, Jordan Matello, right? Like, um, you know, Sneed, Burnham, like a, as Xander said, like it's this kind of week, right? Yeah. Where, um, I mean, you're probably not Sneed and Burnham are probably aren't going to play enough to do it. But if, even if you are there, if, if Sneed plays five snaps in this game and he makes two plays, like that is there, like that is all that matters. Right. Um, Jordan Battello to me is the most interesting one because I mean, I think with Mills, I, one thing I say, uh, Mills played well against NC state. He just, you just wanted to see him just be dominant. Mm-hmm. And be that guy, and he just hasn't been that guy. Um, so I think like if and maybe he's just that just won't happen. We we you know, but this is a game where it, he has a good game this week. That's the kind of thing where all of a sudden he becomes like maybe a day two guy or something, you know, like instead of being like, Yeah, he's a late round pick that he's just a freak and we're just gonna draft him and, and see if we can develop him or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think Patello, um, is interesting too, you know, as, as Jim mentioned about Patello showing up in the big games, like whatever, he had the block fun against Clemson. That was mm-hmm. obviously big. Um, so the bowl game, when he just got to kind of let loose and just rush the passer, that was the best that he has looked at Notre Dame where you just look like a totally confident pass rusher. So to me, the big thing with Botello is get them into third and long and just like if I, I mean, I don't know what the best way to, to motivate Botello is because different guys are different things. There's guys that like you tell them, you know what, man, you've suck. You've sucked and, and you got to step up here. Yeah. And that's their thing. And they're like, well, I'm going to prove you wrong. Right. Like there's, and then there's other people that you need to kind of build up and pump up. So I don't know what the, what the, best way to kind of push his buttons is but i would think like show these guys like all of his i'd be showing him all of his best clips this week and being like it's time to ball out it's time to be this guy because that's that's the main thing right so um i mean guys like uh you know casey wills mentioned Croft. i mean i expect howard cross to have a good game like he's going to have a good game he's he's broken out he's been having a great yeah yeah yeah. So, so I think it's one of these things where last year, and you remember, Greg, I know you remember, Jason Adamola talked a lot of smack before the game, did not back it up, did not back it up. So I don't care. People shouldn't talk smack before this game. You got to go out and and play and prove it. But, you know, Foskey, and and fair enough, he was going against two really good tackles, but he was like a nothing in the game. And yeah. Jason Admola was a nothing in the game. Uh, one pressure between both those guys. That can't happen. That can, they, Notre Dame only had a 20% pressure rate against Ohio State last year. That can't happen. Mm-hmm. That can't happen. So it's – so where does it – who is it going to be? I don't know. Who did this have to be? Someone on the defensive line. Yeah. Someone in the pass rush. I think that is key. 
Javante Jean Baptiste. That's absolutely he's that's gonna... who it's that's who it's gonna be. He he has been showing me something the last two weeks. It not just and it's not just pass rushing, you know, his effort in the run game, <clears throat> his effort period, right? Like he's making so many effort plays. It's like he is hungry. He is hungry. And look, no one wants to show out in this game more than him. Nobody does. And he, I can't believe how long he is. He is yeah. a big, long player. I just think he is going to have a huge game. Patrick Carter says, uh, revenge game for Javante Jean Baptiste. It's not even like to me, he is one where it's like, he kind of reminds me of, um, of Xavier Watts last year, how he, there were just a couple games where it was like, man, he is, he is on the cusp. Like he is close. Yeah. And, and then he started to, you know, kind of really ascend there. And I think Javante Jean Baptiste is there. I don't think there's anyone on the D line with the exception of maybe Howard cross who is playing at a higher level than him. I think he has earned the increased playing time. He's, he's I think he's, Light years ahead of Nana has been way better than Nana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not like, a competition anymore. He is the he is the starter. Yeah, yeah, yes. And he's been he's been really really good. I think I so I think he is one. Um, and I think I think Jeremiah Love is going to pop one in this game. He'll have the opportunity to pop one. I, it's like I don't know if it's breakout, but. I think there's something for him in this game. It's just that's just a feeling. So that has it, it, for him too. It's a little bit the way that he runs. I think that he really wants to like he he. You know how Dylan McCullough was talking about being about that life. I th I think he has bought into that. He really has. And he there was a run in this game where, uh, or in the last game in Central Michigan where he got the ball and it looked like he could have bounced it. And I'm watching. I'm like, man. He could, he could bounce this and get outside and maybe even score. But then I'm watching the way it's being blocked. And I was like, you know, if he bounces this, he might create a holding on the outside, the way yeah. that the tackle was blocking it. And I was like, you know what? Like that's, that's really good understanding by him as a freshman. It's like, I, I could bounce it, but I'm not supposed to bounce it. Just knowing like they're blocking it so that I'm cutting up inside and not going outside of them. So just like him and just that buy-in, it just feels like he's very close right now. And so he is one where I think that could be he could he could be a difference maker in terms of a game uh, for Notre Dame this year or in this game. Um, Irish Bronx over under on NFL tight ends on the roster at three point five. Over. Same. Over. I mean, as long as Eli Reardon is able to come back and be healthy, um, then he's going to play in the league um, probably be a high pick Holden stays. I mean, he's going to play in the league. He's Mitchell Evans is going to play in the league. I, I mean, yeah. if Mitchell Evans doesn't, even if say Mitchell Evans doesn't have like the kind of uh, numbers that you're going to put up, he is going to be on a roster and play in the NFL for, for, for years. He's, he's, he's going to, he can block, and he's, I mean, he's better. Um, he's a better athlete than people give credit for. And then Cooper Flanagan is 262 pounds as a freshman. He's already getting out there. Yeah. And you don't even notice because he's just yes. doing the job. 
Cooper Flanagan is going to play in the NFL. I mean, obviously Kevin Bauman's hurt. And I mean, yeah. he's, he's probably, I mean, you'd just be hoping that he can play college football again. Um, but yeah, those four guys, those guys are all going to play in the NFL. Um, they didn't miss. <laughs> they didn't miss on those guys. No. That's for sure. Um, you know, on in unsurprisingly because Notre Dame doesn't matter who the coach is or whatever, they do a pretty good job of identifying and developing and using those tight ends. Well, um, you know, I, I think, uh, I think they got a pretty, I, and, and it's, it's funny because Greg, uh, you know, you did the, uh, the rankings of the, the position groups with, um, you know, Chris Wilson and, and, yeah, uh, and, yeah. And Michael Bryan, our buddies before the season on the Rakes Report podcast, check it out if you if you haven't. Uh, Chris is a great guy. Um, they, uh, you know, and and everybody had uh, kind of tight end at the bottom third because mm-hmm. you know there's other things that are other positions that are more established. Um, but probably by the end of the season, it's at least going to be in the top half. That's just yeah. kind of how it is. It's like I, they're too talented. They, they, yeah. So they got, they got four guys that are, are going to eventually play in the NFL one day. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's, it's funny. Cause like, and I was thinking about that the other day, like, oh, tight end was way too low. But then I thought, well, what position is actually like, like, oh, they, they need to be dropped. You know, like every position is kind of playing well right now. So yeah. it's kind of hard to say if, if I was dropping anyone, it'd be linebacker. Um, and we'll get to that later, but um yeah, it's it, Notre Dame's playing good football right now. Yeah. Um, Lee Weaver said, uh, "Really need to flip Nelson." Uh, so here's the thing about that: it, when when he committed to Nebraska, and and we were talking about that on the show, and people said, "You know, it, it's a big deal." And I was like, "I don't know. I don't know if it's a big deal. Like, if he can go to Nebraska, and that's fine. Someone else will come in and play in the NFL." And that's how I feel about it. Like, and I think Notre Dame has earned that someone will come in and play in the NFL and maybe it's him and maybe it isn't, but I, you know, I, I don't know that they need to flip him. Why do they, they have four NFL tight ends on the roster right now. I don't know that they need to flip him. Alex Herman. What's up, buddy. Thanks for being in the show. Uh, the team is just uh, good and deep. True fact. They are good yeah. and they are deep and that, uh, that bodes well going into this game. All right, um, Iris Bronx, another question. Which side of the ball gives you more confidence going into the game? This is a good question. I thought about this kind of a lot. You know, I was thinking about this, and I, I think the whole point of why um, Notre Dame is why the, the line is so tight, uh, why it's it's gone down uh, from, you know, it was like a touchdown, and now it's like I think it's three and a half or three, yeah. depending on where you, where, where you go now. Um, you know, S&P – plus sp plus sorry excuse me they have uh um it as a one point game right uh you know mm-hmm. Ohio state is ranked first in sp plus um Notre Dame is fourth you know, Notre Dame is fourth uh that's Bill Connolly's uh he, he works for ESPN used to be SP Nation uh that's his uh advanced stats metric so for people who are uh, uh unaware of it um it, the reason for that is because Notre Dame has played really, really well on both sides of the ball. And in fact, they're, they're SP plus ranking in on offense and defense. They're top 10 in both. Mm-hmm. And Notre Dame has it. This, it, I think fourth might be the highest that I've seen Notre Dame ranked there in SP plus. And I know whatever it's early season, whatever it's where you finish, 
but uh, I, they were even in the years that they went undefeated and stuff. They weren't like a top five team. SP so Plus like, has traditionally undervalued <laughs> Notre Dame relative to the like where they're ranked. I should yeah. say. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I couldn't say that uh, I feel not confident about either sides of the ball because I really think that um, Notre Dame can hang right with with uh with with ohio state um so i don't uh i really couldn't i really couldn't pick one to say it um because i think it's pretty close yeah i'm i would lean defense and the reason i would lean defense is i am more confident that they can hang up front with ohio state because i don't think ohio state's (laughs) line is that good um and no, like they, they, they had a good plan last year and they've upgraded. So I think they're, I mean, they've upgraded everywhere in the secondary because last year, Ben Morrison wasn't a full-time player. No. I mean, remember Clarence Lewis was their, was their boundary corner last year against Ohio state, you know, yeah. uh, Ben Morrison got time. Like he definitely played in the game and he made plays in the game, but they are, they're better in the Clemson back. Clemson might not barely play in this game. It, exactly. Yeah. Like he's he's going to be much less of a factor. Um, I think Thomas Harper is an upgrade at the nickel, and I think this safety position is way better than it was last year. Like very much so. Um, so there's that piece. I think Marist is playing at a higher level. So I think that they are, with the exception of like Isaiah Foskey. It'd be great if he was playing in this game. Um, but with the exception of that, I think they're a better team. And I think that the Ohio State offense is um, is not as potent, especially uh, certainly not at quarterback. Quarterback um, and, and offensive line, they're not as good. Yeah. Now, granted, I you and you noted in your uh, your scouting report, like Travion Henderson looks a lot better than he did yes. even last year uh, against Notre Dame. So he looks all the way back. I think their running backs are really good, right? So that that concerns me. So, but I'm more confident that Notre Dame can hang with them up front. Um, it, that Ohio State's front seven against Notre Dame's line uh, is a huge, huge matchup. Um, yeah. I'm not saying I, I'm not saying I don't think Notre Dame can hang with them. It's just it's it's an open question for me. I, so I think it's, I would say it's it's one of those things too. Like I think that. Um, you know, and I mentioned it in the scouting report too, that I think they can run at both of their edges, you know, this yeah. Sawyer and uh, Tuamolo. Uh, I hope I pronounce his name right. I really should look at the phonetic sound of it. Yeah. But uh, JT, JT, let's call him JT. Yeah. He, those guys are just tremendous athletes. Great first yes. steps, just guys yeah. who are, um, you can see if they, if it becomes a game where Notre Dame has to throw a lot, it's going to be bad. Like, I, I mean, even, even with Joe Alder, Blake Fisher, it's still not a good situation, especially because yeah. they got Michael Hall inside. Who's a tremendous pass rusher. Right. Um, and you know, they, they, they're, they got linebackers who, who are really good blitzers and um, it's, it's a great defense. This is a tremendous defense. Ohio state, easily the best defense Notre Dame will play this year. Not even close, I think. Yeah. Um, so, if they get into like third and long, it's not going to be, I just Notre Dame isn't going to win as much. They're not, they're not, it's, it's going to be very hard to win. So 
Um, from that perspective, yeah, I would I would totally agree with you, uh, Greg. All right, let's go to the next question here. Uh, uh, Chai Irish fan forty five. If you're Jared Parker and the awesome offensive staff watching Ohio State film, where are you confident you can hurt them and score some points? Um, well, one, I think that, uh, their slots, their slot corners and their safeties, when those guys are matched up, those guys have given up place. Yeah. Right. I think they're, they're pretty good at outside corner. Um, you know, what's his face? Um, God, what's his name? The, 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 their best corner, um, Denzel, uh, Den- yeah, Denzel Burke. I wanted to call him Denzel Ward because I oh, yeah. watched the, the, the game yeah. last night. But Denzel Burke is playing at a really high level right now. Like, he's been better. Because he was supposed to be a guy who made a jump last year, but he didn't really. Mm-hmm. But he's already got seven Havoc plays in three games. And, you know, and he didn't really have the ball production. It just – no one has got open against him. Like, and, mm-hmm. and um, obviously this is going to be a tougher test this week, but he's played really well. And – uh Davis Igbenison, who's a transfer from Old Miss, he's solid, right? Like he's a physical guy. I think they could maybe. I think they'll go after him because he is very grabby. Like I think he'll probably give up a, a yeah. PI or something like that. Um, but they don't have a really good nickel. Like Jordan Hancock, who was like a very highly ranked guy, he struggled outside last year. When he's played nickel this year, he has not looked great to me. Um, you know, Western Kentucky got him a couple times. Um, and I just, he's not a guy that I would feel super confident in. Um, if I was them, Cameron Martinez has just been torched a bunch yeah. of times. Like he got torched last year. Lathan Ransom is a really good, like say deep safety. One, I mean, when he's coming downhill, it's scary. He, he is a yeah. very, very good player. Um, but he's been beaten in coverage. He's, he's like a guy who kind of like peaks a little bit. He gets just little gets out leverage in, in certain things. So he's a guy that if you get in man coverage, I think that's a guy you can attack. Right. So I think that's an area where if you're looking for explosives, I would say stuff out of the slot. Um, that's where, where you're probably um, going to be uh, attacked them. And I, like I said earlier too, about, I think you can run at those edges. Those guys are, very good pass rushers, but they want to rush the passer. They don't want yeah. to be run at. They yeah. don't want to be run at. And I think those are the kind of guys that, um, you know, I was saying on, on Power Hour this week, because like Notre Dame, that's the one thing that you know about Notre Dame this year is like they want the smoke. Like Notre Dame was like, yeah. bring it. Like I want the physicality. Yeah. I don't know if those guys want the smoke. You know, they, yeah. they prefer to rush the passer. So I would I would run at them. Yeah. Um, Jim Scale said play action on Rantham and Styles. The thing with those safeties is you allude, and you alluded to it as well. They want to they want to be aggressive. They want to hit. Like they they are very aggressive football players. Like they they like to your to your use your phrase, like they want to smoke too much in the back. Like they need to they need to be a little bit more disciplined back there. Um, and they haven't had the slot. So last year they got they went and got Tanner McAllister from uh oklahoma state to play slot for them because they they didn't they didn't have a good slot and he played a ton and now he's not there anymore and so now they're they're using hancock in that spot and i just don't know that he's that's his great his best position right so i think you have opportunities there um and so i think it would be smart for notre dame to 
to obviously Chris Tyree, right? So the play that we saw, that's why the, the play that we saw against Central Michigan is such a big deal because I think that's going to be available to them uh, through play action. I, I think there's there's times when they when they when Notre Dame is in uh, 12 personnel and you have two receivers to the side, they have Tobias Merriweather in the slot. I think that's something to watch. Um, so that's going to be a, a good one. And then I think like Holden stays is a tough matchup for everyone just because of his size yeah. and how big he is. He's, he's very difficult. Right. Um, and so I think that's an advantage for Notre Dame. So, or I don't want to say advantage. It's, it's, it's a, it's a good area for Notre Dame to attack against Ohio state. So I'd be looking at that stuff. And then like we talked about, like find a way for Jared Parker, like to get them in uh in an odd front, in a weird front that they're not used to use, use formations, uh, flip the formation, that sort of thing, motion, um, to just gain an advantage there. So I'd be looking for, um, fighting Hanley's asked for fast forward a week from today. Notre, Notre Dame has completed a convincing win at home over Ohio state where the outcome was never in doubt. Many Notre Dame fans will re- reflexively pine for Notre Dame to take steps to secure the future of coach Freeman. Given the AD is in flux and Duke Clemson and USC still loom, what should or shouldn't be done and when, if a decisive victory over Ohio State, it evidences a next level for the program trajectory in year two of Marcus Freeman. So essentially, should they extend, let's say let's say Notre Dame wins like 34 to 20. Uh, <laughs> should they extend Marcus Freeman during the press conference? <laughs> uh I think people know how that has gone for Notre Dame with, uh, you know, that Bush push extension looking worse by the minute. It's always bad. It's been, it was a bad thing. Um, not that I, whatever, I wouldn't compare what, right. you know, Marcus Freeman is doing to, to Charlie Weiss or anything like that, but you know, you don't need to extend them. If, if they want to reach out to, I mean, I'm sure if I'm Marcus Freeman's agent, I'm like, Hey, do you want to talk? And we're, Let's we're go. Like, yes. I, I, I mean, I think, Notre Dame would be like, yeah, we do want to talk, right? But yeah, they don't need to extend him at any point during the thing. They shouldn't do it's it's a huge, huge win if if that happens. A m- massive win. Um, things are gonna be rolling, but let the rest of the season play out. And guess what? He's gonna get paid anyways. He's gonna get an extension anyways, if if that's that's the case, right? So um, and also too, it's just the nature of it of everyone gets extended because it's like, Oh, the recruiting, it's like, you need to extend guys because it's like, you need to say that they're um, going to be there for the next recruiting class. That's like a whole thing. Right. So mm-hmm. um, whatever they'll talk, but they don't need to extend him right after. And I mean, the AD being in flux, they already have the next AD. So it's like, yeah. And he's there. He's very, if you've noticed, he's around all the time. He's around all the time. And, you know, believe me, like the other people involved in uh, the money stuff for Notre Dame are around all the time too. Um, They're going to, they'll take care of him, right? Like they'll take care of him. Um, So it's just the nature of what happens in college football. Uh, I mean, I would say the chances of him getting a big fat extension if he wins this game I mean, hundred percent like that, that is going to happen, but they don't need to do anything during the season. Here's the thing. They could extend him if they want, right? That's uh, they, they could, and they, they probably will. And they, they, they pro- I bet you they would. If, if, if the scenario plays out like the question, 
they'll absolutely do that. And that makes Notre Dame no safer from him leaving if he wants to, because someone <laughs> will just offer him as much money as it takes to get him. If they want to do that, we've seen that already. So it doesn't provide any sort of anything for Notre Dame other than, other than a better buyout. Yeah. And, and the, the other thing and is, is that what he will do is in addition to getting more money and all that kind of stuff for himself, he will leverage it to get his assistants more money to right. get, you know, Hey, the, the goog getting upgraded. I'm like, all that's a, but that is the kind of thing that happens anyways, when it happens, it's like yeah. all of a sudden that guy was like, who's been like, yeah, I want to cut the check. Uh, let me watch it. And then all of a sudden Notre Dame beats Ohio state decisively or whatever. I mean, that check's going to get cut. The money's you know, like, coming in. Yeah. So it's just, it all, it's all works together. It all yeah. works together and, and it'll, it, it will, it'll work itself up. Yeah. All right. Next question um, from Drew Brennan, 77. Based on what we saw from Notre Dame's run defense last week against Central Michigan, how concerned are you with OSU's rushing attack? Additionally, do the missed tackles worry you? Uh, n- not based on anything from the CMU stuff. Uh, um, check out the rewatch notes for anyone that did it, or you can check out some of the stuff that Greg's been posting up on Twitter too with some of these breakdowns. A lot of the stuff was like self-inflicted wounds that were like um, – Probably not happen if J.D. Bertrand's there. You know, one or two guys who are depth guys kind of making mistakes that could have been like tackles for losses that end up being in their only kind of big plays uh, in the run game. And like Marcus Freeman said, the second series was the only series where it was like, this is really poor tackling. So I wouldn't, you know, judge it based on the one series you know uh or that that game even um but i think people should be concerned about osu's rushing attack because their backs are way better like they henderson is a stud um you know trianum is he looks probably the best out of everyone right now and he's uh for those who don't know he was a guy who notre dame had recruited he was like kind of a linebacker running back type really good athlete who went to arizona state uh, I wonder why I went to Arizona State in the first place. Maybe the guy likes to party. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, he he went to ASU and played running back there. It was pretty good. And they transferred back to Ohio State, played linebacker for a year, and then moved back to running back. And he's having a great year to be in this year. Yeah. And then really, like, the third guy, Mayan Williams, was kind of like their best back last year. And mm-hmm. um, is, I mean, not quite um, Audric Estime, but, like, kind of like a mini version of that, right? Like he's a very tough guy to tackle. So those guys are, are really, really good. If you're not winning up front uh, against this guy, this team, like that's going to be a problem. Um, So um, I wouldn't even say it's just like, it's a whole, it's just a different test and Notre Dame has to be up for it, but nothing from that CMU game makes me think that like, Oh, those kind of breakdowns would happen in this game because, like, you know, I don't think Jalen Sneed is going to get a ton of reps as, yeah. um, you know, as the, a, in the base linebacker, right? Like he, yeah. he'll be a sub package guy. Yeah, and I would um, I would echo that. Like a lot of what I saw against Central Michigan was 
like the mistakes are reserves, you know, like the like Antonio Carter coming free. We haven't seen him do that in a game yet, you know. So it's like for the first time they send him on a blitz, he comes free. There, there, he's in between. Like, am I going to hit the quarterback or am I going to hit the running back or how do I want to attack this? And what often happens is you kind of try to split the baby and you end up doing nothing. You end up hitting nobody. Uh, you saw Jalen Sneed mistakes in a position that he hasn't been in a ton. You saw Jack Kaiser mistakes where uh, he's he's kind of slow to react to things when he's playing Mike and he hasn't been doing that. Uh, we saw we like you and I saw a couple formations where I'm I texted you like is there any way that Notre Dame is lined up correctly on this play? And we were like, no way. Like there's no, no one the in the C gap. No. Yeah. Like there's no one in yeah. the C gap. Like that can't be right. So uh, things like that. Uh, but it is a concern independent of whatever we've seen from Notre Dame this year. You know, they were never going to play a team in the type of game where you thought it's, it, I'm no concerns about OSU running the ball. They're good offense. And they're they're a good offense, and they have good running backs, and it's a concern no matter what. So, but I don't think we saw anything against uh, Central Michigan that would make me feel like worse about it either. Um, Jamie, I'm going to read this question, and I'm going to go check something. I hear water running. That doesn't sound good. Yeah. So I'm going to read this, and I'll be right back. Uh, Kali, one, two, three. This is the most important, most hyped home game since when? Both teams undefeated. Notre Dame has a Heisman contender, both ranked in the top 10, a fan base very much behind the head coach. Uh, what do you think, Jamie? Uh, most hyped home game since when? And I'll be right back. Clubs in 2020 was a pretty hyped home game. Um, I mean, I because it was during the pandemic, um, that was obviously uh, – it, it was subdued, you know, because there wasn't a full – crowd there but i mean that was a very big game and very hyped up um you know casey willis you brought up the, the georgia game i mean the georgia game was different because it was like 2017 and it was like the the reboot uh for for brian kelly and it was like you didn't kind of know what notre dame was at that point and also you didn't really know that what georgia was because georgia in that previous season wasn't that great they i mean they were like finish eight and five. And that was the year that they kind of started to take off and become Kirby smarts, Georgia. Right. So Notre Dame um, was favored in that game. Yeah. So in, um, it was, I mean, it w was a really good game and in hindsight, it was a very, very huge game, um, you know, nationally, but I don't think it was anything like that. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. It's got to be Clemson 2020 because that, that's not that long ago, right? Like, um, I'm sure that – I mean, I do think this this Notre Dame team is better than the 2020 team. Like, mm -hmm. I think by a fair margin, right? But I also think that um, this Ohio State team, uh, minus Clemson not having Trevor Lawrence in 2020, is a better team than, than that team. Yeah, and they're coming in full health as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the 2020 team, the, the Notre Dame this year is better than them. But no, the 2020 team went and did the thing, right? And so Notre Dame has to do it in this game, right? Um, it just They just need to. So, uh, But, yeah, I would say Clemson 2020 for sure, um, especially just like, you know, the, the COVID year and everything and how – 
hard that was and everyone's in their house. Like it was, everything was hyper-focused on uh, that game because there wasn't a lot going on in people's lives because, uh, because of COVID. So uh, Chris, we'll do game predictions on Thursday. I, I don't know about you, Jamie. I need to think about it a little bit before I, uh, before I'm I already, make a prediction. I already know. I already know, but guess what? It's what they call this. Is what they call in the industry a tease. Tune in. Th- you tease it, Jamie. Tune in. Th- Jamie already knows. <laughs> uh, Moby Onion says, "Have opposing." Let me see this. I can't. It's hard to read when I don't blow it up. All right. Have opposing O lines kept the Notre Dame D line wives' names out of their mouths? Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know uh, what that are, means. Are the are the lack of tackles for loss something to be concerned about versus OSU, or is that a misleading stat? So Notre Dame is. 118th nationally in tackles for loss per game. Um, so are, are you concerned about that? I think it's a bit of a misleading stat um, because especially because of the last two games and how they kind of approached um, the pass rush. Like, okay, and this is something, whatever. I, I mean, I do think people kind of give PF – F a hard time with some of their like O-line grades. And I, I definitely think some of those are bad mm-hmm. and some of the other great stuff, but I think for the most part, their counting stats are really, really good and valuable. Um, I mean, they're not count. They're not traditional counting stats, but the, the stats that they use where they do like, you know, pressures and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that, that is valuable. But like they had Notre Dame blitzing on like 60% of the time against um, central Michigan. And that just wasn't true. Like, cause a blitz is supposed to be like, you know, more than four rushers. Yeah. Right? And Notre Dame like rushed three a lot against uh, uh, central Michigan because they had, uh, you know, one linebacker green dog in the, um, the, the back. So he kind of waited for the back to release. And then Maris was spying like a lot of times too. So those like count as blitzes, but it's like, you're really only rushing three against five there. So, and they're trying to keep, they were specifically trying to keep in the pocket. And that's the kind of thing too. I, I mean, you want to see them finish more. I, I think that's for sure. Um, I don't know. I mean, I do think that like, like Howard Cross doesn't have a lot of TFLs, but he's been very disruptive and he, he yeah. is, he has made a difference in, in that respect too. And there's been like a lot of plays where Notre Dame has made plays that I'm like, oh, that's a TFL, but it's like they lost a half yard. So it doesn't count. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. been a lot of that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I, I really don't think that it's a huge concern. It's not like um, it's not great. You'd like to see more of it. Um, that's for sure. Um, but I, I don't think it it is, especially because um the havoc rate is like 18 percent um and when you consider where it's you know the navy game everyone has a lower havoc rating it's heavy yeah. uh, navy sorry heavy uh navy because of um you know the kind of offense they run so really in like the three other games it's like you know 20 percent ish which is good it's very good so uh but i would say this though they need a high havoc rate in this game and they, they do need, they need to um I mean, they 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 cause all these fumbles, seven forced fumbles. You know, nine that the opposite for forced nine. They need to land on one of those fumbles like that. That needs to happen. They need to. Yeah. They they need stuff like that. They need plenty of havoc. 
negative negative plays. I think that's um, kind of obvious. I need I need more from Bertrand and Kaiser. That's what I'm because Marist is very disruptive right now. Uh, but, but I feel like Bertrand and Kaiser like you, you should you should be you should be in the backfield more. You know you do need more playmaking from those guys. They're they're seniors. You, you got to have it. I, I don't want. I don't want to say it's concern. I want more. I want more from them. You know, um, and to to people um, people put in the chat about the. So basically, is the D line not going off on the O line because the O line hasn't said anything negative about the D line? Uh, oh. Their wives. Yeah. It's a Chris Rock, uh, Will Smith reference. That's what it was. Oh, uh, okay. So and, you know. Maybe it maybe it didn't fit as well as intended, but that's what it is. Right. I, I appreciate the effort. Yeah, Irish one says, "How much new offense and defense do we see in this game that have not shown at all? Anything specific they will use to try and attack Ohio State?" We've kind of talked about this a little bit, just in terms yeah. of. Um, I think we don't need to go too deep in this because we kind of mentioned before, yeah. but I'd expect a decent amount of new. You know, like in terms of like. Some of the pressure stuff that they haven't shown, you're gonna see yeah. some different different pressure stuff in this game. Um, just like how in the NC, I would say you compare it to the NC State game where they ran stuff in that game that they hadn't in the previous two games, mm. and on both offense and defense, right? Yeah, and I same kind of thing in in this yeah. game. So that's kind of how much. Um, you should just expect, you know, yeah. that kind of different change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Iris won another question. Do we see Lorenzo styles in the game? So I've been monitoring this one all year. He's only played special teams. I thought he was going to red shirt. Um, and maybe he still will because he played special team snaps in the opener against Indiana and didn't play against Youngtown state. So I thought, well, and, and I monitor like the special team stuff too, obviously. And I thought, well, you know, you didn't get in the game as a defender against Indiana. So maybe they're just, they put him out there and, and to do special teams in game one, red shirt, and then have two years left, um, two years left in 24 and 25. But they played him two special team snaps against Western Kentucky. And I thought, well, that's weird. And it, and also, he can't get defensive snaps in a 63 to 10 victory. Yeah. Like, huh? Like, I, that, that's, I, I don't get that. Like, to me, you have to redshirt him. Like, you literally have to. You, what's the point of, of just, so, so maybe he'll play in this game and then they'll just kind of put him in one he more. You should be telling down. them that I like, I want a red shirt. I want a red shirt at this point, unless if, you know, because it's, you're doing, you're doing him a disservice. Yeah. He, he needs the, the time. He needs the eligibility because he might want to go somewhere else and play, you know, because yeah. he, he's going to be having his degree fairly soon. So he's going to want a time. He, he should not. He'll only have one should, more year left if he plays this year. So yeah, he should not burn a year uh, playing two, two snaps of punt coverage against western kentucky like that should not happen so uh we might see him but he's only been a special teams player so far 
Um, so if so, that's that's where we'll see him play. Um, Silverback asks, who are your three players that must emerge or elevate their game to the next level going to giving Notre Dame a better shot to beat Ohio State? Question. I mean, I think we kind of already talked about some of those guys in the defensive line. Um, I think those would, would be big, you know, Batello and, and Mills. I think those are guys to look for. Um, it would be huge if they emerged and, and elevated their game. Um, but I think it's, I think it's this game and it's, uh, you know, not to give away something that I'm going to write about in six thoughts, but I, I really think that um, it's like these games are about not just like the, the guy who just stepped up and had a great game in this game, because you can have that with like Jay Hayes had a really good game in 2017 against Georgia. Yeah. And that's about it. You know what I mean? Like that was, mm-hmm. that was kind of his, time right um i think with it's it's about your best players so i think sam hartman who's been fantastic obviously i'm not saying that he hasn't but he's got to elevate right like that's who's it's important blake fisher huge he has to elevate his game he has to elevate his game um you know, I, there's two, almost too many. It's just, but, but it's like, but guys like Blake Fish, Blake Fish, I would say three on offense or on defense, Blake Fisher, Sam Hartman, um, and Audric Estime, just because Estime has been fantastic, but just he has to be at his best because they aren't winning unless he is like just, if he's running through tackles the way that he's done against, Ohio State, that's what they need. The same kind of thing. And then on defense, it's like Maris Leofau has to have a big, big game. Howard Cross has to have a big, big game. Benjamin Morrison has to have the big X Watts. Yeah. It's like these guys, those are the guys that I know that's it. Now I'm naming way more than three, but it's just those are the guys that it matters the most. Yeah. So, so I used to say this about basketball a lot, and it's a different. It's 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 more apt to basketball because there's only five on the court. But like people would talk about, like I talk to the to Matt about this all the time, because Matt is like the biggest uh, LeBron apologist (laughs) you've ever met, ever. He's from Cleveland, I get it, right? And Matt's from Ohio, so it's I understand that. He's like, you know, he tells me he's watched every game since LeBron was four years old. And, and he's always like, and, and I, and we'll text about the Lakers sometimes. And I'm like, LeBron is just, it's not, he's not doing it like him and Anthony Davis. Like this is not this level. And Matt's always like, well, they need more shooters. And it's like, I understand they need more shooters. Like that's fair. But to your point on this, like if your stars aren't stars, then what are we talking about? What are we talking about? If the stars don't play like your stars, then it doesn't matter what, you know, Jay Hayes does or like, uh, you know, Riley Mills or uh, Holden stays like it's Sam Hartman. Go be great. Audric Estime, go be great. You know, and to this point, like Jordan Batejo and Riley Mills, like you got to go be great, man. Like this is why you're, you're a starting D lineman against, against Ohio State. It ha- you got to be awesome. Blake Fisher. Zeke Carell against Michael Hall. 
Yeah. You got you got to be great, man. Like this. Riley Mills, just, you're on the freaks list. Play like a freak. Yeah. This you is got the on game. the freaks list. You got to go show it. You got to do it. It's just it. This is what these games are. You got to show out. You got to show out in the big ones. Um, S Nerg says big players make big plays in big games. Who do you think will be those guys for Notre Dame on Saturday? Like we just said it. Like it's got to be that group. Pops is in the house, Jamie. We just want to make right. that announcement Next every time. Thank you for being here, Pops. Um, so that's where that's where it is. Like the the great players, you got to step up and do it. Ben Morrison, have a great game. Cam Hart, go be a star. Go. Yeah. Xavier Watts, all those guys. Like just and I and it's not that I don't I have doubts about any of them. It's just that th- these games are for the stars. You know, yeah. the stars are the ones that um, that need to show up for these. For Go these back games. and look at all of those games that those big games that Notre Dame has played in recent years too. And like Jeremiah Wosukoromoa, right? And, and uh, Ian Book of, has his best game he's ever he, had. He, Kyron Williams, he, three he, touchdowns. Yeah, Kyron, Kyron Williams. Uh, Go back to 2012 and Manti in like – all the you know in all those games like he yeah. basically had a pick in every big game right yeah. like he always made that kind of play right like um that's that's when it matters right that's when yeah. it matters and that if if he didn't do that then Manti is not getting Heisman love that's how it happens yeah yeah all right CHSFB 75 which pass catcher steps up their game and becomes the man so if you had to guess one pass catcher and I don't know if anyone's going to become the man, uh, but I do think this could be a big Chris Tyree game mm. in terms of him having a couple of big plays. So he's got, he's obviously had like, you know, he's, he's got four explosives on the year. It leads the team. Um, but I think he could have like a hundred yard day. Cause he gets a couple big ones, right? Like that, that is on the table for him because of, not just because he's shown some stuff this year, obviously, but also because of the matchup. So um, I think he would be my kind of dark horse uh, for that. And then I would also kind of think, I think Stays is going to have a big game. So, I mean, let's just stick with the theme, right, Jamie? Um, If I could get this to load, because let's see. Um, Okay, against Clemson. 2020 let's just stick with the theme on this javon mckinley five catches 102 yards you know like that's stepping up there like to me Jaden thomas wide receiver one let's make some plays you know like contested plays there's going to be contested catches to be had in this game and and you got to win those yeah you got to win those like and so he's the guy like if you're on the boundary and again i'm not saying he's not capable he's absolutely capable and this isn't this isn't about him like being disappointing or uh, anything like that. It's just that these games are for players like him to where it's like, look, if, 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 if Chris Tyree can give you the type of contribution that like Avery Davis gave the team in 2020 in that one, where it's like, there's going to be opportunities for him. I think there's going to be opportunities for Tobias, but Jaden Thomas is the leader of that room. And so he's the one like you got to step up. The leader has to step up in a game like this. It's just the, it's just the nature of nature of the big game. Uh, um, by the way, just quick, quick mention here that um, obviously this is going to be the best secondary that Notre Dame 
has played this year, mm-hmm. but uh, Notre Dame nine of 12 on contested catches this year. So it's important. 75% on 50, 50 balls. That's good. So yeah, keep, if they do that in this game, that's going to be a good thing. That'll be, that'll be a good sign. Loyal stepson says, could Sonny styles be a concern in covering our tight ends and backs? Yeah. I mean, for sure. He's, he is a very um, talented player. Like they, he's the guy that could, cause he's such a unicorn. I mean, he's the guy who could match up with stays and really like present problems there. But I mean, the thing is, is that stays isn't Michael Mayer in terms of how they're going to isolate. Like, I think if this was like a Michael Mayer game, this is, that would be the kind of thing where, you know, if Notre Dame was playing a guy like that, who who's getting on, on it, the, you know, not to just the, the token Kyle, Kyle Hamilton mentioned Kyle Hamilton yeah. was, you know, if that's the thing, Hamilton is taking that guy. Right. So yeah, it's a big third down. All right. That's Kyle. You got him. Like, that's the kind of thing. Right. So, so he could be that, but I mean, I don't know if they're going to treat stays like that, or are they going to treat um, the running backs um, like that in this game in terms of how like he's always going to have a back or whatever. And the other thing is too, is that he's one of these guys that um, he's so versatile that they probably want to use him in different ways. I mean, I will say this too, like he's, he's looked good, but he hasn't been like, unbelievable this would yeah. be if this would be his breakout game yeah um and he is obviously a super super talented athlete but he hasn't had the kind of start to the season where you're like oh man sunny styles is like yeah it's it, right now it's more of like oh he's coming he's going to be this but it, it hasn't quite shown yet but this is the kind of game where you know you make a name for yourself um yeah, this is uh, that like all the OSU pods right now are talking about Kyle Hamilton. I mean, not Kyle Hamilton about Sonny Styles. Like, could this be the game for him? Could this be his time? You know, that's what they're all saying. Um, I want to get to Patrick Carter's question because he brought up Kyle Hamilton. That's what I'm thinking of him. Is current Phil Jerkovic so inaccurate that Kyle Hamilton himself would struggle to pick him off? Um, <laughs> I actually, I'm not even joking that I think that Kyle Hamilton might be the reason why Phil Dracovic is like his whole career went down the toilet. Because why? Because he intercepted him 75 yeah. times in fall yeah. camp. Greg, let's get accurate on the numbers. It was 375. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not even joking. I've never seen any player intercept one quarterback more. Then, then he intercepted. I mean, whatever. It was a lot. It was a lot. I mean, obviously, we're 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 being hyperbolic, but I do think it was like it. it you know, he probably like woke up in cold sweats thinking about it because it was like that happened, and I maybe that was the start where he was like, you know, and he's always been this, uh, you know, kind of giving this bravado of like of how yeah. he's what kind of player he is but i think secretly he's got to be like oh, man i'm not that dude like because because he's not that dude right so and i think kyle hamilton is part of the reason for it to be honest i'm i, I'm dead I mean it, it's so in the latest game eight of 20 for 81 yards and three three interceptions 
that's really bad. And I was looking this up for an, I was looking at this game for another reason the other day or yesterday. And I looked at Nate Montana's numbers when he came in against Michigan in 2010. He was eight to 17 for 104 in winter reception. Like he had better numbers. It, he, like, Montana couldn't start at Pasadena City College, which, listen, as someone who's played against Pasadena City College and got absolutely destroyed by their quarterback who ended up at Iowa and their running back that ended up at Washington State. And they're, I mean, they got some, they got good players. It's not like there's not good players in junior college, but your, your quarterback should, should be starting at, at, uh, at, you know, if you're going to be a good quarterback, you should start. Uh, that's tough. That's tough. So, I don't know, man. I don't want to talk too much about it because, A, it's not cool, and B, you don't need uh, to kick a guy when he's down. Don't need to kick him Probably. while he's down. And plus, Although like I Notre Dame plays him, and yeah. he's going to have like the greatest game anyone's ever had, and we're all going to be sad. I don't think um, he'll be starting by then. Unfortunately, I don't. Need, I don't think. So. I don't I'm, think. So I'm, I would on. In all seriousness, I I think I'm gonna, I'm kind of worried about how things are going for him. Like I and and obviously you see the the response from fans and stuff. Yeah. And, and um, I think that's a bad situation. Like I it's just, good. it's, if he doesn't play, if it sounds like Narduzzi sticking with him and if he doesn't play well, the next game, um, I mean, and I have no idea how, what their backup, he might be even worse. Who knows? Yeah. Right? But like, it's just a not good situation for a kid like that, especially because he's at his hometown school and it's really going terrible. And he's like, I don't know. It's a, it's an unhealthy thing, and it, I, they, I, they 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 very clearly aren't comfortable with him throwing the ball. Yeah, I mean, he had he was like four of ten, like late into the third quarter. Like they don't want to throw it. Like it, it's just like that's. I mean, how much that that hurts? You you have no faith in that. Like you you can't. Yeah. I mean, it's a, that's so that's not a good thing. Um, so that's not. You know, great situation. Uh, Meek Irish says, what are we saying about Javante Jean-Baptiste after this game? I think we're saying he's really good. He's going to have a huge game. That's my take. What, do you have a take? I, I do think he's going to make an impact in this game. So yeah. I think that's the thing is that, um, you know, win or lose this game for Notre Dame, people are going to say that, uh, oh, Javante Jean-Baptiste, that was a good, like that was a good pickup for Notre Dame. Yeah. He's, you know, he showed up. Um, <clears throat> what I will say is, and this is about Thomas Harper. He, this is going to be a big game for him. In terms, he's going yeah. to be very involved. He is going to be up and down in this game. He's going to give up some stuff. It's just yeah, and he's going to make some plays. The guys kind of, are going against. It's the nature of the position. He is going to be up and down. He is going to be very, very involved in this game. So that's going to be something to monitor. Um, 1980, I can't see that name. UI grad. UI grad, okay. 1980 UI grad. Based on the first four games, where do you feel we are better and worse based on position group? Same for Ohio State. It's a good question. Um, I don't really know, actually. I think, like, I mean, I guess tight end is better. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tight end is better. Um, I think mo- the the reason why Notre Dame has played so well is because the 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 groups that were supposed to play well have played well. Yeah. And none of the groups that were supposed to be 
bad have played, you know, worse. I, you know, you can say that I, I would say that at linebacker, you could say like, okay, Bertrand hasn't had um, as good of a start. Part of it, obviously he missed the last game. He missed, he missed one and a half games, right. Out of the four games. Mm-hmm. So that's part of it kind of like in terms of just his overall impact. And he had the, you know, he had the missed tackles in the start. So you could say, I mean, he's playing worse than his kind of uh, level that, that, that people are accustomed to. Um, and Marist has obviously played better than he was mm-hmm. last year and has, has improved. And then they haven't got like Snead. I think, you know, last game was an example of like, he's not ready yet as a linebacker and they haven't had, and we just haven't seen enough of uh, the freshmen. It's, I'm not that I expected them to play a lot, but you know, those guys aren't really in the mix, right? Like uh, Drake Bowen and uh, Jay Nosbury. I think those guys are both going to be very good players for Notre, Notre Dame. Um, but just, they haven't been there. So there, there isn't those guys kind of pushing those top guys. Cause the top guys have been better, frankly. Right. Yeah. Um, so that might be the one spot. Um, and I think you kind of alluded to it earlier, Greg, but like th- that, is maybe a little bit uh, worse and then whatever you go there and then we can talk about Ohio State after. Yeah. I, I, so I don't think necessarily any group as a whole is worse. Um, I, I, I thought Bertrand and Kaiser and Botelho and Mills would be better. So in that sense, I think they're worse, I guess. Botelho is interesting. Because and I and I texted you this like I, he's having a very Dalen Hayes type season where played well versus the run, yeah. And he's been like I when I watch him, I don't see any reps where it's like that's a bad rep, yeah, poor rep. You know, I don't see that. It's a good but comparison. There's, yeah, there's no flashing either, right? So there's like he had one missed opportunity against uh, NC State, um, where he he was coming in for the sack and and Brennan Armstrong made a miss. Uh, but he's been good against the run, right? He's been solid. He doesn't have any mental errors. I don't see mental errors from him. No. Which is important. Um yeah. and, and that's that's sort of true of Kaiser as well. Um, Bertrand's had some missed tackles that have crept up again that I don't like to see. The one where it's like the only one where I think, man, what's really going on is Mills. Cause it's just it's just not there. He should be, he should be better. Should he should be, be more, more dominant. Yeah. He should be more consistently good. And he just isn't. And he's missed um, some TFLs that he's had opportunities yeah. that he hasn't finished. Right. So yeah. And he's getting um, reached on plays. Yeah, Go ahead. Just, yeah. No, I, I, I think that's a hundred percent correct w- with Mills. Right. So yeah. Um, but it's, 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 I don't want to bang him too much. It's not, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's just, you want more. That's all yeah. it is. You want more. Um, and I would say on offense too, like, I, I think that Fisher and Carell, they've been good. I thought they would be better. I thought their level yeah. would be higher, consistently higher. They haven't been bad. Um, so that's kind of where it's at. With the, I, with the- I'll say, because James Lawrence said, I worry about Marison's the game. I would not worry about him. I don't he, worry about it. He played He played very well. at. That was the one game, actually, where I was like, oh, I think Maris might, you know, still be, you know, have that kind of season. It's like the opening game last year, he was very good. 
Like he was like very physical. Like there, yeah. there was like a couple of like highlight type of stuff where he just like owned Cade Stover at the point of attack and made like a just phenomenal play. Um, just a couple of like just physical plays. And obviously he had the very first blitz of the game where he just destroyed Travion Anderson yeah. and, uh, and then cross got the sack, right? Like he made an impact in that game. Uh, and then when they ran it on them at the end, it was Bauer and Kaiser who were in the linebackers in at that time, which, you know, probably in hindsight too, like those guys probably shouldn't have been out there, but, uh, right. but um, yeah, I don't worry about him in, in this, in this game. Um, I guess flipping to Ohio state. Um, I think they're about as advertised with everything on defense. I would say they're as advertised. Um I would just say that they've had some inconsistencies with some guys on defense where like Jack Sawyer did not look good in the first two games. I was like, this guy's supposed to be a first round pick. He did not look good. Like he was mm. very inconsistent. And then he looks gangbusters against Western Kentucky, but it's like, well, it's Western Kentucky and they're sitting back and chucking the ball, you know, 40 times in the game. So it's like he gets to kind of just let loose. Right. Um, and I would say too that like, so on, on, but defensively, and then they've given up some stuff here and there, but not really like they've, mm-hmm. they've been very good defensively. So I think they've been at a, as, as, as advertised for the most part. Um, and that, that was a question about like kind of slot corner and stuff for them. And it's still a question. Um, I think with Ohio state, I think people expected the, the, the kind of ups and downs with um, the quarterback and the offensive line. And that's what they've gotten. Right. And I know that McCord was great in this game against, uh, you know, Western Kentucky, but a lot of his stuff is like, he's like lights out on play action because their mm. teams are playing, obviously the run there, their backs. I would say their backs have been better even than they've yeah. expected. So that's one area where they're better on offense. And then the, obviously the receivers are as good as advertised. Um, but the offensive line, I think they, I mean, one, they haven't been tested by anybody good yet. And Josh Simmons, who's the transfer from uh, uh, San Diego state, you know, he had penalty problems at San Diego state. He had 17 penalties last year. He's got three in the first three games and they're just like kind of not like disciplined kind of penalties. He is a very talented, extremely physically talented guy who can really uh, get back in his his pass set quickly, but and and move. And he's got all these NFL traits where this guy, you're like, man, this guy could be a first round pick, but he's very inconsistent and he like gets back too quick in his pass set and he opens up the gate so people can go inside of him. He, uh, you know, if he tries to kind of he'll hop back sometimes and then he can you can get under him at a bull rush. I think Patrick Fryer is a guy who's big and tall. And if he, he plays with good leverage, he's he's very, very good, but he gets high sometimes and get under his pads. And the center Hinsman has played fine, but they played nobody at defensive yeah. tackle. So it's like, okay, well, we'll see. And then McCord, McCord was not good in the first two games, really. Like he was he was definitely not good against um, Indiana. So that's something I think it's like monitoring that. Yeah. And he's, he is, 
his good stuff has looked really good. Like his, he's got a great arm, a big yeah. time arm. And you, you've seen him make incredible throws, but he's also st- like young quarterback. He's stuck on the first read too long. He throws it when he, when he shouldn't all the time. He was like, you know, they're obviously trying to get Marvin Harrison Jr. the ball as much time, but like, mm-hmm. you know, the first couple of games, it was like, you know, nine of 18 on targets. Cause it was like, well, you should have checked down there or something. Right. So there's a lot of that stuff. And he's, and, and this is one thing that I was like, this jumped out when looking at some of the PFF stuff on him. Mm-hmm. He's only six of 18 in the intermediate throws. Like yeah. that is concerning for if I was an Ohio state fan, I'd be like, that's not, I mean, why is what like, he's better in the deep ball than he has been in the intermediate stuff. So that's the kind of stuff. It's like, if you're it, because you, maybe you're not seeing it. Right. So um, from that perspective too, like, I think, um, and he's been not pressured at all, basically. Mm-hmm. So 12% pressure, able, right? yeah, if Notre Dame is able to get pressure on him in this game, I think that's um, big, but I mean, for the most part, both teams, I kind of have been pretty close to as advertised. Yeah. Um, they have been uh, as close, you know, as good as advertised and something that we've kind of talked about a lot. And, and I also think is as good as advertised is VSR media, which was founded Woo! by Notre Dame football pregame host and Emmy award winning anchor, Vahid Sadrazadeh. VSR media provides a professional and cinematic video and photo, whether you're looking for a collegiate or pro level highlight reel, have a personal story to tell or are aiming to diversify and grow your business. VSR media specializes in short and long form video storytelling, social media management and website design. VSR Media also captures professional headshots, senior, and sports photos. Contact them at vsrmediacompany.com. Mention Irish Sports Daily to receive 20% off your first project. Visit them online or give them a call at 574-800-9106. The segues are such a big deal now. Like, I can't. (laughs) It's like I know I'm doing them, and it's just like I can't keep from, uh, like, smiling about it. you know, it's uh, it, the thing with the intermediate throws, Jamie, is a lot of the time, and you put it in your, uh, you put it in your, um, in your, uh, your scouting report. He's a first read guy, and a lot of the time, those deep balls, like that's your first read. You, if, if the deep ball is there, you let it fly, you know, and like you're very comfortable there. When you gotta go through progressions, a lot of the time, yeah, that's over the know, middle yeah. of the field. Yeah, sometimes that's over the middle of the field and you're, you're coming back to something and you're not as comfortable doing that. And um, that's why you can get some of the some of the misses on the intermediate stuff. And that's going to come into play in another question here. Um, Chris ND92, would you would you rather Notre Dame with the ball first? Oh, would you rather Notre Dame with the ball first and 10 at the 50 trailing by t- by four with two minutes left or have OSU with the ball first and 10 at the 50 with two minutes left trailing by four? I mean, at the 50 is, I mean, I think I would take the offense just because I just think like at the 50 is just is more favorable for the offense in both scenarios. So I, I yeah. think, I think I would take ND with the ball. So because it's at the 50, actually, um, I, 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 funny enough, I want to know how many timeouts are left. Because, yeah, because it, it's like in this case at the 50 with two minutes left, I kind of feel like 
I'd rather Ohio. I'd rather Notre Dame had the lead with Ohio State with the ball because I feel like you might get two shots at the at the at the apple there because there's a good chance that if Ohio State is to score, you would have some time left to come back and and try to kick up because you'd be down three at that point. So you can try to kick a field goal to tie. Uh, they've got Spencer Schrader, who's got a really big leg, so he could. Um, he, you don't have to go as far for a field goal attempt. Um, so that's that. I think in the spirit of the question, who would you rather? Would do you trust the defense to get a stop more, or do you trust the offense to go down uh, and score a touchdown? Um, again, I'd want to know what the score is, right? Like. Is it forty-five to forty-one? Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> like, a, good point. That's a great yeah, point. Like, 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 is or is it uh, twenty? Is it been, 20, yeah? Is know? it been a light yeah, show so, out there all day and like have the yeah, yeah? There's all those factors that go into what it. What I would say to this, and I and I, you know, sorry I feel, to interrupt, but I'm I'm actually yeah. going to flip my answer right now, and I'm going to say that it's a defense because it depending on the score because yeah like you said about the 45 41 but Kyle McCord in that situation it's like you're betting on like oh you'd rather have a Sam Hartman which is obviously a good thing it was like Kyle McCord in that situation like I mean prove you're the guy I'd I'd like put him in that situation I would I would want in in the other part too is I would want the defense out there with the lead because because now we're not worried about running game. That's not a factor. It's literally their strength against Notre Dame's strength is they're they're throwing the ball at Notre Dame's secondary. Like you do, you do want to take that if you're Notre Dame, like you would. So um, also that's what ball, I would do. ball at the fifty. You're not you're not playing prevent. You're playing defense. Yeah, you're playing for real. Right, you're playing yeah, defense. Yeah. So it's like. Yeah, with that amount of time left too. So they're I, setting I, pressure. They're doing all that stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, so this is the question. Uh, significant that we now have separate OC and quarterback coaches. We got to that one already, so we don't really need to answer it. Although I, I will mention that was a question from Rockney seventy five. So want to want to point that out. Um, so Rockney seventy five. If you're watching this back, we answered it uh, way earlier in the show. So you'll you'll find that up near the beginning special 97. If you were Ohio state's coaches, would you, how would you attack Notre Dame's defense? Who would you target as the weak links? I mean, if I get, um, so if, if I'm thinking about like how that, that NC state game, like just think about that one play um, where Notre Dame, you know, had that, uh, that remember that one I tweeted out, Greg, the five man rush where it was like they were just kind of closing in, and uh, and they threw a slot fade, and oh, yeah, spots yeah. actually got beat, but the yes. throw wasn't good, right? And that was just you're kind of betting on the throw not being good. If I get if I'm Ohio State and I get X Watts or any safety in a one on one with that's going to be a Mecca Egbuka there. I'm going after that every time every time right so um that's what i would do for them i think in typically that's kind of where you know you see the matchups in in any game right is Mm -hmm. is that kind of thing and also i just would challenge uh like i think 
I would go at Cam Hart because you know that you got him last year. Yeah. And really, too, like, he's the only one who gave up anything big, like on, on a, on a, like a, a deep ball this year. Yeah. Right. Um, so, 100%, he'd be the guy that I, I would uh, go after if I was uh, Ohio State and just say, like, all right, prove it. Right. Let, let's, let's, let's see it. Right. And I think that's, um, yeah, that's mainly where where I would what how I would do it. I would make Cam Hart tackle. Certainly. Yeah. Like that's I would I would throw bubbles at him. I would make him come up and be physical, you know, because it's like, look, you you know there's an injury there. Everyone knows. Um what I would do is you talked about Emeka Igbuka in the slot. I, I'd put Marvin Harrison in the slot a ton in this game. A- anytime you can you can get them on Notre Dame, you you involve the linebackers in the passing game when you involve the safeties in the passing game. Like I think the safeties have been good, but it's like, why would you why would you even deal with Ben Morrison? Why would you even like even Cam Hart? Like why deal with them when I can get a matchup of Emeka Egbuka on Thomas Harper or Emeka Egbuka on Xavier Watts or DJ Brown or yeah. Kaiser or Bertrand or whatever? Like that's what I would do, right? It's just a much better matchup for them. Uh, so I think there's like a touchdown a against uh, Youngstown State too was also on on a corner route by yeah out of the so yeah. yeah so that's what I would do um, I would I would activate uh, my receivers on on Notre Dame's middle of the field and then I I'd, I'd throw bubble at, to the field all the time and get Cam Hart involved that's what I would do and I think that's what they will do um, PQ what it do oh Jamie over the summer you did a hot take show and mine was that Ohio State game is a must win you disagreed has your mind changed. Uh, I understand OSU is more talented, but Notre Dame has the edge at quarterback, and it's in South Bend. It just feels like an if not now, when. How about you go first, Craig? Because we were kind of talking about this beforehand, yeah. and then I'll follow up. Yeah, yeah, I think it is must win. I think it absolutely is. I think this game, I think this game should absolutely mean more to Notre Dame than Ohio State. Um, Ohio State can lose this game and accomplish everything they want to. They can still win the Big Ten, and if they win the Big Ten, they will go to the playoffs with just the one loss. And and so it, it, Notre Dame has lost to Ohio State by more than one score in every decade starting in 1995. They did it. They lost by I think 22 in 95. They lost by 14 in 2005. They lost by 13 in 2015, and then they lost by 11 last year. Ohio State has no reason to believe that they will lose this game. Their fans have no reason to believe they will lose this game. Notre Dame has to win this game. They have to. It's must win. They need to. As a program, they need it. Full stop. Like, no notes. Go. They have, they have to win. It matters more to Notre Dame. It's at home. You have Sam Hartman. Uh, you you have all of those things. They they are unclear at quarterback. I, I, in my opinion, it's it's a must win game. And in you you know someone will naturally ask, well, what does that mean for the rest of the schedule? I don't know. Like Notre Dame has to play the rest of the schedule, win or lose. So I'd say put everything into it and then go go do the thing that you have to do anyway so that's my take on it um i agree that it does mean more to notre dame mm-hmm. yeah I, for all the reasons that you said um although i won't 
I don't think it's a must. I still don't believe it's a must win. Uh, so my mind hasn't changed in that mm -hmm. sense because um, Ohio State is kind of where they're at, sp specifically roster-wise, is where Notre Dame is trying to get to. Yeah. So Notre Dame is not there yet. And there's a reason why. I think Notre Dame is – what I've seen from them – this year is better than what I expected for them to be it, this year, just based on the roster. I think they're better. And like, they had some development with certain players that I'm like, they're better um, than I thought uh, they were going to be. Um, but I do think like, there's still so many of the guys who are going to be the best guys on the team and are going to be like more of like, top NFL guys are like the young guys on the team. Mm -hmm. And I think they, they have CJ Carr in 2024 committed. Mm -hmm. They just got Deuce Knight in 2025. They got Cam Williams. It could, boy could Notre Dame use a Cam Williams type in this game, right? They are going to be at a different level in terms of where they, um, where they are now in terms of skill talent. Um, so I think the, the ceiling as a program is the Notre Dame is nowhere near where they are going to be and, and should be, mm -hmm. um, in the, in the next few years, uh, under Marcus Freeman. So because of that, like, and let's just face it, Ohio state has a better roster. So I can't call it a must win game when it's like they have to beat the team that is better than them on paper. Right. Mm. Um, so from that perspective, I can't call it that. I will say that this is a sneaky, huge game for Ryan day. And yeah. I mean, he's 25 and four in his last 29 games. Pretty good. Like, um, and they beat everybody that they're supposed to. They just have. Right. But you look at the four losses. He's got two losses against Michigan. Obviously, everybody knows that. They lose to Georgia. Yes, they lost by it was like a could have been either way game. Obviously, Harrison gets hurt. Probably the difference in the game, really. They missed the field goal at the end. They lose, right? Mm -hmm. And they lost to Oregon. So it's like, but it's weird. At a place like Ohio State, it's like those are the games you're supposed to win, right? So those are the teams. So it's like. It's like, wow. It's like, what? weirdly, it's like, Ryan Day can't win the big games against the big programs. And that is his thing, and especially if alum Marcus Freeman beats you. It's, I don't want to say it's, I'm, whatever. I have no idea how Ohio State, so I'm not listening to like local Columbus radio, but mm -hmm. I have to imagine it's going to be unkind to him after, if they lost this game. You know, like I said, because they have a on paper a better roster, right? So, um, mm. yeah. So it's I don't know. Bring it all back. I don't think it's a must win game. Uh, I totally see all your points, Greg, but I just don't think it's um, they're quite there yet for for Notre Dame to call it a must win game. Yeah, um, I, I I agree with the the Ryan Day take, by the way, because. I think 
I think the way that Ohio State fans feel about things, like losing to Michigan is an insult, right? Like it's an insult. You're losing our, our little brother, that team up there, like you won't say their name kind of thing. Like that's an insult. Should never happen. I think that losing to Notre Dame to them is like a disgrace. You listen to Ohio State fans talk about Notre Dame. They are like so dismissive. <laughs> and like I and and I can't hate on it because why would they be anything other than that? If Notre Dame flipped you flipped the situation, Notre Dame would not respect a team with that they have the track record against that's supposed to be good. Right? Like they're just dismissive of it. Losing to Notre Dame is like like it's a disgraceful act in my just the way that they talk about it. Um, so I think it's a huge game for him. If you lose to Notre Dame, like they will want him fired and they'll talk about it all the time until, un, until they play Michigan. And if they beat Michigan, then maybe they'll be fine with it. I think if he loses to Notre Dame in Michigan this year, like I honestly, I think they might fire him. <laughs> I just think they might. Yeah. I, um, it's John Cooper. Yeah. 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 So um, I, I just, the way that I see it is, it's must win because you're three point dogs at home. And again, the quarterback situation is what it is. You, you, you just, it means so much. Look at the credit that Michigan gets for beating them. Oh yeah. The, well, they earned it. They earned it. They earned it. But like they go to the playoffs and they lose by four touchdowns. And it's, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. And then everyone pumps them up. They the lose next to year. TCU, who they, got boat raced and doesn't. They matter. lose to TCU, who loses sixty-five to six or whatever it was, sixty-five to seven, and and it doesn't it doesn't matter. They do, no one cares. They beat Ohio State. They are a made program. That's how people think about it. And so I I just think for Notre Dame, this is the moment where Ohio State is a little bit down. The, the the fact that they have they could put Ryan Day on the hot seat like this with no clear successor, you know, it like that could you could flip the balance of the Midwest recruiting wise, you really could. And and Marcus Freeman and Chad Bowden and that whole crew, that their whole recruiting operation, they would pounce on this like. You won't believe, and I know you believe it, but just fans like they will pounce on this so hard. And someone asked the question before, like, are there players going to be at this game who who Notre Dame could flip? I don't know about like at the game or whatever, but th this will be watched by all the players that they want to be in on. You beat Ohio State, and that just that that could turn the tide. Like there is kind of a tide turning in college football right now, and. And Notre Dame could be a part of that. That's why I just like, and I know that the current players, like they don't really care about any of that, but there's also the history. There's also the, they, they, they're dismissive. They don't respect you. They just don't, you know? And so that's why I think like what your points are totally fair. Like I, it's not even, I just view it. That's how I view it. Um, and it doesn't really matter whether it's must win or not. That's just, it's just something for us to talk about. So, uh, but I think that's, it's good, something to bring up. All right. We're almost done. We got three more questions. Uh, Keenan Knight says, how much 
How must Bear and his family be feeling today? I don't think I've ever seen two top quarterbacks in the race commit uh, in a race to commit first. Gra grateful to be in this position. Um, I don't know. I think it's a pretty it's a pretty typical scenario actually, where yeah. it's like that happens everywhere. Where it's like they put pressure because teams typically only take one quarterback, yeah. so they let them know. Especially they're like. If this guy, you know, if you don't commit, this guy's we're gonna give the spot to this guy. That happens yeah. all the time. And it's happened yeah. at Notre Dame before yeah. too, right? Like um I mean, maybe it's tough, but we don't also know really like if Bear was feeling Notre Dame. We don't know that, you know. Yeah. Maybe he maybe he wasn't really into it, right? He probably and, wasn't ready to do anything yeah. anyway. So yeah. So it's you know, it is what it is. Good luck to Bear. Good football yeah. player. Good football player. Iris KG07. Parker and his staff have made uh, made good adjustments against NC State, and they'll likely need to adapt through this game as well. Is Jim Knowles a better DC than Tony Gibson? How tough of a chess match do we expect? Uh, I mean, I don't think – like, I think they're on the same level. Tony Gibson's a really, really good defensive coordinator. Jim Knowles is a really, really good defensive coordinator. The difference is, is that Ohio State has way better players. Good ingredients. NC State, right? Um, just overall depth wise and more top of the line guys who are going to be like high NFL draft picks. Um, they're deeper, they're better. So um, that makes that game harder. And like, I mean, it's just like you're playing a chess against, uh, you know, uh, whatever, Bobby Fisher. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Name, name a, name a top guy or whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm not familiar with uh, all the top guys in chess history or whatever, but you're going against somebody who's better and who's got better materials and better strategy and stuff. And then it's just, it's easier to call defense when you have the players. Right. So um, I think it's why like Jim Knowles was at Duke and people were like, yeah, he's a good coordinator, but it's like, he didn't really have like anything close to the material that he's got at uh, Ohio state. And that's the difference. Right. So yeah. Um, it's a test for, uh, Parker for sure, but it's, it's going to, um, be a thing where I think what we saw in that NC state game is that, you know, he was certainly up for it and he utilized, I mean, no one was really talking about the tight ends in a big way before that game. All of a sudden people were like, man, Holden stays as a dude, right? Like, yeah, just happened just like that. Yeah. It's, uh. You know, he wrote, he he was ready for the challenge then. Hopefully he's ready this weekend. Uh, Teacher Man 87, do you think Tyree could have a really big day against Ohio State? If so, how do you think Notre Dame might use him to create mismatches against their defense? I think Saturday might be a day Tyree finally becomes a legend. Keep hitting and hustling. Uh, thank you for that. Yeah, let's all keep hitting and hustling. Um, we talked about Tyree a little bit earlier. Um, so we kind of touched on that and the, the matchups that could be there against their safeties and their slot. This is what I'll say about Tyree. He needs to do better catching punts. He is letting too many drop. Like Notre Dame is doing very poorly right now in terms of uh, field position. Field position. And this is a big part of it. He's letting the ball go and it's they're gaining another 10, 15 yards. It's like the exact opposite of uh, Brandon Joseph last year where he caught everything and then he would catch it run for 10, like never a chance he's going to break a big one. But it's like 
you catch it, you run for 10, like instead of letting it fall and you lose 10 to 15, like it's a 25 yard difference. Yeah. Like there are too many times where I watch him and I'm like, you got to catch it. You have to catch the ball. And against central Michigan, it doesn't matter, but against Ohio state matters, right? Having an extra 25 yards matters. So, uh, but we talked about him on offense and uh, we think he could have a big game. Do you have a comment on that, Jimmy? Yeah, I mean, I don't know about a legend, but uh, I mean, certainly he'll be like remembered fondly if he has a big game here. It's just like how um, Chris Fink, if anyone brings up Chris Fink, uh, and any Notre Dame fan brings up Chris Fink, the first thing that comes up is that catch against Michigan. Yeah. Right? That's the first thing that comes up. So you get remembered for what you do in these big games, right? So um, I think that's, you know, Something that if if you want to kind of if you're looking for that if you're a player you're looking for that and you want to be remembered fondly it's about like man remember when this guy had this great game and the, like that's when it matters right Avery that's Davis Avery Davis yeah. a big moment guy yeah yep um, all right last question of the day original bubs visualizing it what happens that we've seen evidence this year that this will be a winning game. Do we play keep away, keep possessions low, and defense off the field, and keep the defense off the field? Hope to get a turnover, or can our pass rush actually disrupt this team? Um, I think playing keep away. I, I think it, it, to a certain extent they do kind of have to have not the exact same strategy as last year, but you don't you don't want to make it a shootout. Try to make it a shootout. Like that's not something that you want to do. Yeah in this kind of thing. Cause I think if you just, the more plays you give Ohio state's offense, the more dangerous it is just because it's like at some point that's when Harrison and uh, Agluka and Henderson and, you know, uh, Tran, I'm like, those guys are going to make plays eventually if you give them enough snaps. Right. So mm-hmm. um, your defense can only do so much if you give them too many snaps. Right. So um, I think that's partial. So it's partially true of like, Notre Dame, I think the time of possession is important in, in mm-hmm. this game. Um, but I really think it's the explosives, right? That's what's going to matter. Um, because Georgia and Michigan, they really didn't have like super effective days of just like running their off it, running their offense, but they yeah. had a ton of explosives against um against uh Ohio State last year. And that's one of the things, too, where um, Knowles, Jim Knowles, their defense quarter, he said, like, he was too aggressive. Yeah. So in that sense, he doesn't want to give that kind of – those kind of plays up this year. So that'll mm-hmm. be kind of interesting to see what it is. Um, I think the pass rush, it's, like, kind of undetermined, right? It's kind of undetermined, right? And so I really kind of think of, like, where – Notre Dame has obviously played tremendous against the pass this year, mm. but they haven't played against these receivers. And if you give, if you, if you give McCord time and, or if you give him like, this is a defined read that he can make this throw. Yeah. No, that's not going to be good for Notre Dame. Right. Yeah. So it's on the back end. They got to disrupt what McCord's seeing. And if they can affect him, because he hasn't been, he just has not had pressure against them, 
at all this year. And he hasn't been good against pressure like most young quarterbacks. So if they, if that is absolutely going to be one of the keys to the game. Yeah. Um, the pressure piece. So first of all, so let's talk about the explosives. Like this is when, like I was talking about in the Navy game when Hartman was late to, to, to bias and I'm, I'm talking about it. And I pointed out on the Twitter machine and everyone's like, why are you talking about this? They were 17 to 21 or whatever. I mean, I understand that, but you can't miss that against Ohio State because you can't just drive the field against them. It's They're too good. No one did that. Michigan didn't do that. You know what I mean? They hit explosives. That's how they scored their points. You have to hit those shots. That's why it's important to hit Tyree on that one. Like, you got to hit him if it's there. Uh, on Twitter yesterday, I pointed out, like uh, – Hartman took the check down, no problem. Like you could take a check down on second and long. Fine. Get to third and five. But you also have a chance to hit the bias deep. And it's like, you know, if you don't want to throw that one, fine. But you do have to hit that kind of a play in a game like this. That's how they've been beaten. You know, yeah. it's the nature of a good defense, right? They're very aggressive. Um, and uh, and that's the nature of how an aggressive defense is. They're gonna give up stuff in the back. Uh, as far as the pass rush, you know, there's been a lot of talk about like the lack of sacks and everything, but think back to how many times against NC state and Brennan Armstrong, the eyes drop. Yeah. That's what you want. You want that quarterback and this can happen to McCord. And this is where it's like youth. And this is where CJ Stroud made such good strides because when he escaped the pocket eyes still downfield. Still dangerous. Caleb Williams, when he escapes the pocket, eyes still downfield. Still dangerous. Kyle McCord, when he feels it and it's not there, what happens? The eyes come down. And once the eyes go to the rush, usually you got him. Whatever it is, if even, even if he escapes it, like he's not looking downfield anymore, that is the key. Anytime you can drop his eyes, him more so than any other quarterback they're going to – like a good quarterback that they're going to play – Kate Kubnick is like this as well. Like you, once those eyes go down, you have, whether you sack him or not, you have made this play, not what they want to do. They did not design this play for him to have his, his eyes down and running around the backfield. That's the key to everything, whether you sack him or not. Absolutely. Um, that, I mean, that, that is why um, the past defense has been so good, right? Is because yeah. they've, I mean, in addition to the, the secondary being really, really good. Yeah. Um, that, you know, you force balls in that maybe you shouldn't throw when guys are really not open. Right. You, you know, because of the rush, um, you make bad decisions and throw picks like Armstrong did. Yeah. You just throw the ball. away. I mean, Armstrong could have had a bunch of other ones too right like or even that play where like uh thomas harper against central michigan the play right before the sack where they ran a boot and harper had it and he just kind of threw it he was trying to throw it away right and mm -hmm. and he did effectively but you know that's it doesn't count as a havoc play but it is you yeah. know what i mean it, it's the exact same kind of thing should mention too that notre dame you know according to pff has a 47.4 percent pressure rate this year that's obviously great. 
if, the, if that's the case in this yeah, game, in this game, they're going to they're going <laughs> to blow the doors off. Ohio State. Yeah, if yeah. That, if that happens in this game, they will blow the doors off of Ohio State. So yeah, um, it's it can't be last year where it was yeah. only twenty percent. That is a, absolutely it's crucial. The pressure they put on McCord because if they get pressure on McCord, that is when he's going to throw picks. He's going to he's going to be off to uh um you know Ohio State's receivers all of those things so yeah super important yeah uh super chat from Corey Flynn how much Notre Dame running into a brick wall will we see and will it shift third fourth quarter thanks Greg and um Uyama I think he means offense and look Michigan again going back to that like you do have to just be persistent be persistent keep doing it make them defend that hit plays over the top and then it opens up late. Like that is, that is how it can work. If it's, if it's not there early, don't worry about it. Like just keep, keep at it, play the way you need to play. Now, if you fall behind big, then obviously that changes, but then you have other problems. So yeah, um, that's how I feel about that. Did you have a take on that, Jim? No, I think that's, it's, if you get it and they're like, Ohio state is like, we need to stop, you know, uh, Audric estimate. We need to, this is like fourth quarter. It's four minute offense. They're trying to run it down our throats and, and kind of feel the game. And Parker had such a great feel of like, they're geeking up to stop the run play action. And so that's where you can get it. And that's one thing I think I was probably felt the best about Parker is that he just had a great feel for when to, do that and to stay aggressive, yeah. right? Just even when they were up 21 points against, the, uh, you know, and then they decided to do another, uh, you know, like another one to stays, right? Like, yeah. love that. Like, yeah. um, you know, go for the kill, go for the kill, just do it. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to, I don't know. I mean, I think this is going to be a very tight game, guys. And uh, I'm excited. I can't wait. I can't. Wait. It's uh, I'm so fired up. I'm it's so a marathon fired up. session. We just did a two hour show and I yeah. just don't even care. I just feel great. So uh, that's going to do it though. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Thanks for hanging with us. Uh, we said it was a mega mailbag and it was. So uh, if you haven't caught us before, if you haven't done so, please like, please subscribe, please subscribe, please subscribe, please hit the notification bell. So, you know, we're going live. We'll be back Thursday. Uh, more OSU stuff. Anything that's come up uh, in press conferences or throughout the week. So thanks, everybody. Have a good rest of the day, and we will talk to you on Thursday. Keep hitting and hustling.